Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The truth that I can know his heart is all because of his blood. All because of his blood. I'd, I'd like to teach today. I don't know how well that's going to work. But I'd like to teach today on the blood atonement. Atonement means to cover. To cover. <laughs> today, actually it started, I don't know what time it is, but about 10.30, the day of atonement began. Because, you know, God is on Israel's clock. And they're eight hours ahead of us. And at sundown in Israel, the day of atonement began. And it will go until tomorrow at sundown, which will be about 10.30 or so tomorrow morning here, our time. Whew, it is the holiest day on the Jewish calendar. The absolute holiest day. We were there in, uh, I think it was 2005, on the Day of Atonement. They told us the day before, if you want to eat, tell us now. <laughs> because the entire nation shuts down. The traffic lights don't work. Everything shuts down. They take these feasts very, very seriously. Um, it's a day of fasting. It's a day of repentance. It's a day of crying out to God. Because in the heavenlies... Today, the book shuts and the decision is made. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? And that's what we cry out today. God, I want my name written in the book. I want my name written in the book. Because if my name is written in the book, it's going to go well with me this year. Now, the atonement means to cover. Hmm. It's such a powerful word. In the Old Testament, you can read all about these feasts in Leviticus and in Exodus. And, and um, on the Day of Atonement, see, last week was the Feast of Trumpets. According to Jewish history, that is the day the earth was created. So it's happy birthday, earth. Hallelujah. And today is the day of atonement. For, oh my goodness, 3,500 years they have celebrated this day. And in the Old Testament, you can read about it in Leviticus, where they would take um, animals and slay the animal, kill the animal, so that the blood could cover our sin. Thank you, Jesus. But Jesus did that once and for all. Once and for all. Let's look, first of all, at 2 Timothy 2. I mean, 2 Timothy 4. I do this in home group every Wednesday night. I get my numbers all discombobulated. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Timothy. I got a marker somewhere. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 3. Hmm. It says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers that are going to sugarcoat the word. 
do you know in a lot of places they won't let you preach on the blood of Jesus anymore because it's a little gruesome the cross was pretty gruesome it was pretty gruesome but this the blood atonement is a doctrine of the word of God it is something that has been established for centuries and it's something that we really need to know we need to know why we believe what we believe a lot of times we just believe something because that's what mom and daddy told me but I don't know why I believe it well this is why I believe it Leviticus 17 11 says that life is in the blood hey sorry hey hey mama it's good to see you so glad you get to come be with us today hallelujah Leviticus 17 11 says that life is in the blood Hebrews 9 22 says that without blood there is no remission of sin okay thank you Jesus Atonement is forgiveness, it's remission, it's the sacrifice of blood. It is to cover. Do you know that the word sin is found 447 times in the word? And the word blood is found 447 times. There is enough blood to cover every sin ever committed by anyone who ever commits it. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too bad. Amen? Amen. We see in Genesis 3, this is where it first starts. In the third chapter of Genesis, we know that Adam and Eve were living in glory. They were clothed in the glory of God. They walked and they talked in the afternoon with Jesus. They were living where we really want to (laughs) go. Amen? And the uh, serpent, that old deceiver, came and he uh, said, is that really what God said? Made him start questioning what God said and what he didn't say. And just like Kobe brought out in School of Ministry, um, Eve wasn't looking to sin for the evil side. She was going after the good side. So even though it looks good, we better make sure it's God. Ooh, that's, in the, that's the word for all you singles. I'm serious. I'm going to say it again. This is a word for all you singles. Even though it looks good, you better make sure it's God. Okay. We're going to get on the this right here. Um, so a, Adam and Eve had sinned. And they tried, they took fig leaves and they sewed them together to try to cover, they needed to cover their self. Well, they'd been how long? Who even knows how long they had been uncovered? But they were fine. But as soon as they sinned, as soon as that understanding came, then they start, they hid from God and they tried to cover their self. But in 21, you can see where where. God had to come and slay an innocent, y'all remember that word, innocent animal to cover their sin. And he made skins from an innocent animal to cover them so that they could wear clothes now. Because that sin, okay, y'all, this is why sin, it's so important to not sin. Because that sin separated them from the glory of God. It separated them from the presence of God. They ran and hid. Let that sink in for a minute. When we sin, when we know we're sinning, we always run and hide. We don't run to God. We run from God fast as we can. I always run back to my old way. Peter did the same thing. Okay. God had to cover them with an innocent animal. An innocent had to shed their blood for their sin. God had to kill. He could have killed them. (laughs) 
but he killed an innocent to cover them. And this became something that Adam taught. He taught them from then on. Because in um, Genesis 8, whenever the flood is over with and God tells them to get out of the ark, well, the first thing that, that Noah does is build an altar and he takes those animals and he sacrifices them. Same thing with Abraham. It was a thing that God established. You sin, you kill an innocent, and you cover your sin with the blood of an innocent. Okay? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In um, Genesis 12, we can see the same thing whenever um, God tells him to offer his son, Isaac. In verse 8, Abram prophesies that God will supply himself a lamb. So thank you, Jesus. He didn't have to sacrifice his son. He saw that God will provide a sacrifice. He will provide his own lamb. Amen. And then thousands of years later, he did. He provided Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So all of them knew, all of them knew that that in order to cover my wrongdoing, I had to kill an innocent lamb or a bull or a dove, whatever it was, whatever the sacrifice was, that's what they had to do. Um, We see it, that was all before the law. Before the law, I killed the animal I offered the blood on the altar to cover my sin. Then Moses came. And in Exodus, we can read all about how all of that took place. Um, In Exodus 12, it starts with, that's when the, the feast first began, where they started with the Passover. And y'all do know, um, we've said it before, that the very first Passover... They were hidden in their homes because there was a plague that was trying to kill them. The very first one. And it never, ever, not one time ever happened again until this year. But this year, we were all sequestered in our homes because a plague was threatening to kill us. Okay. So I think there's some significant stuff going on in the spirit realm. I really do. Um, but Pharaoh said, you know, they put the blood, they took the lamb, he killed the lamb for every household, they put the blood on the doorpost, and that angel of death passed over them. This is where we get Passover. From then on, they, they practice, they, well, they do practice because it's a dress rehearsal, Passover. I told y'all last week that Jesus Christ fulfilled all four of those fall feasts with his first coming. He, fi- he fulfilled every one of them. And he will fulfill these last three. <laughs> and it's so exciting. And when you start looking at it and you start learning about these feasts and you see all through the Bible when they talk about blowing the trumpet, they're talking about the trumpet of feast. I mean the feast of trumpets. When they talk about the day or the fast, they're talking about the day of atonement. And, and then whenever you look in the book of Revelation, you see the book of Revelation is the fall feast in order. And it's amazing. Because next week, Friday, October the 2nd, we begin the Feast of Tabernacles. Apostle mentioned it a while ago. The Feast of Tabernacles is when he comes and he dwells with us. It is seven days of party hardy and there is no whining for seven full days there is no whining you can come on you cannot come to anybody and say i got a problem you cannot do it for seven full days for seven full days you are to be shouting you are to be praising god because he is awesome everything is wonderful 
for seven full days. And then on that eighth day, it's a brand new start. Woo! Hallelujah. I mean, they're exciting. When you start looking at these feasts and you start seeing, oh, my goodness, he plays those things out. He's playing them out. And, oh, it's just exciting to me. I love end-time prophecy. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But let's look at um, this feast right here that we're in today, the Day of Atonement. Because Jesus Christ, <laughs> oh my goodness, he has atoned for us. Do y'all know the day in Luke chapter 4 where he says, where he stands up in the synagogue and he says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me and he has anointed me to preach. That was the day of atonement that he did that. Yes, I want to give you a little bit of information. <sighs> One of the things that they do on the day of atonement, or they did, and they have already asked if they can start sacrificing again on the Temple Mount. They haven't asked that for thousands of years. But they have asked to, again today, now, if they can start sacrificing animals on the Temple Mount again. Well, they didn't let them, but they're asking. So things are coming into play. But what they would do is they would take two goats. And they would tie, one is the goat of the Lord, and they would tie a red ribbon around the other one, and that's where all of our sin was. Yes, that's the scapegoat. A lot of people think that that's a picture of Satan, but it is not. It is so a picture of Jesus Christ. Because they would put all of the sin on that goat, and then they would take him out of the city, and to keep him from coming back into the city, they would throw him off a cliff. I know it's terrible for all the animal lovers. It's terrible. But that's what they would do. They would throw him off the cliff. Well, on that day that Jesus is in the synagogue and he says the spirit of the Lord is on me and this is fulfilled in your ears today, they got furious with him. In just a minute, they got furious with him and they tried to throw him off the cliff. That day. He's fulfilling that feast. I think it's cool. He's so because he's such a God of objectivity and purpose. Every single thing he does, there's a purpose for it. Every word he gives you in this Bible is a purpose for it. And we need to find out what that purpose is. We need to find out what that's there for. Woo! Amen. But in Leviticus. Whenever Moses came and the law was given. You know, in, in um, Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 15, it says that we are to rightly divide the word of God, the word of truth. Well, there is before the law, there is the law, there is grace, and then it'll go back to law. That's how we can rightly divide the word. Well, before the law, I killed my own animal. I sacrificed it. I put the blood on the altar for my sin, for my family. Now, after the law, when Moses received the law, whenever he came down from that mountain, he received the law, and he said, you know, he went for 40 days, and he come down, and he went back up for another 40 days, and about 10 more days, somewhere in there, there's 10 days, he came down on the Day of Atonement. And he said, we have a atoned for you you're not going to die because whenever he came down they were doing gross sin they weren't just having a party over a golden calf it was gross sin gross sin and and God had every right to strike them dead right there but he didn't Moses actually said if you don't forgive them God would you blot my name out of the book I love y'all I'm just going to be serious I love y'all but I don't know that I love y'all that much. I mean, to have your name blotted out of the book of life, knowing that you will spend eternity in hell. That's, that's, what, that's love. <laughs> that's love. Jesus. But then when, when the law came, God set up priests. And so if I sin then I have to take an innocent 
an innocent animal, I kill that animal. Then the priest takes the blood, and the priest would offer it on the altar. And he, it was a bloody mess. I'm telling you, they sprinkled it everywhere, and, you know, it's a bloody mess. And then on these feast days, when everybody's doing that, it's, it was really a bloody mess. But remember that during the law, it took me and the priest to cover my sin, to cover it. Amen? Now, we get to the good stuff. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Luke 16, 16. He says in Luke 16, 16, that the law and the prophets were until John. So up until John the Baptist, the law and the prophets were. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. John was letting them know that a new age is coming. There's a new age coming. And any time one age dies or is done away with, and another age comes, there's great upheaval. Just great upheaval. I mean, when Jesus Christ was crucified, there was earthquakes. The sun went dark. I mean, there was all kinds of things happening. Did you know that there was graves opened up? People got out of the grave that had been in the grave for decades. (laughs) And they got up out of that grave and they walked the city. The resurrection. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. The purpose for John was to point everyone to Jesus. 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 That's what he wanted you to see was Jesus. Go to John chapter 1, verse 29 and 36. John chapter 1, verse 29. This is when it says the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away, not covers, but takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. Jesus takes away the sins of the world. And in verse 36, he says, And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Remember back in Genesis where Abraham prophesied that God will provide his lamb. There's a lamb coming that's going to take away your sin. We have been atoned for. Hallelujah. We no longer have to go kill an innocent because the innocent died, gave his life for me. And now I can live in freedom. I can live underneath the blood of Jesus, the blood that covers me. It covers all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus heals, it saves, it sanctifies, it justifies, it does everything that that animal's blood could not do. They had to do that every single year. And just hope you don't die before the next year. Thank you, Jesus. So there was two steps in the law, me and a priest. And in the the period of grace, when Jesus came on the scene, Jesus is the priest. He is our great high priest. And so he fulfilled, that's how he fulfilled the law. He was the sacrifice. No one took his life. He willingly gave it. And then he took his blood because there is a tabernacle in heaven. There's a tabernacle in heaven. The one on earth was a replica of it. He took his blood and he put it on the mercy seat. And it took care of everything from then on. And I cover my family. I cover you with the blood of Jesus. 
The blood of Jesus covers us. Hallelujah. It is the most powerful force in the universe. The most powerful force is the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm excited about your blood. I'm excited about your blood. Let's go look at Hebrews again. Hebrews 9, 6 and 7. He says, Now when these things had been thus prepared, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. But into the second part, the high priest only went went alone once a year and not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. So that high priest would take that blood and only the high priest once a year he would go into the Holy of Holies. Can I tell you that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, I have a Holy of Holy in me. This right here is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and the Holy of Holies is right here. It's right here with me because of the blood of Jesus. I can now enter into the Holy of Holies every single day of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus did away with all of that. And his blood has made it possible that I can now come boldly to the throne of grace. And I can find help when I need it. Hallelujah. I can close myself in when I am in a crowd of people. And I can step into the Holy of Holies. And because of the blood of Jesus, I don't ever have to come out of it. I choose to come out. I choose to come out and engage with the enemy. Come on. I can live in the Holy of Holies. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's look at verse 11. It says, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. This tabernacle, that is not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. He obtained eternal redemption for me. Eternal redemption for you. I don't have to worry about it anymore. And I know that's where they get that perverted gospel of grace that they teach. Because he did cover every sin that will ever be committed. But I still have to come up under that blood and say please forgive me God because I sinned against you forgive me Lord I repent that I have been self-righteous I repent that I have been mean and hateful and ugly I repent God I turn from that thing because that is not like you that has nothing to do with you when I am mean and hateful and ugly to your creation I repent God because I spoke negative words about someone who is created Created in the image of the Most High God. Our prayer target last week was mixture. How we say, I bless you, Lord. I love you, Lord. You, they a dirty, rotten scoundrel. They ain't no kind of good. What? I need the blood of Jesus applied to my mouth. And I just want to tell you, That he's getting real serious about my character. He's getting real serious about it. And he's real interested in my character. And my character always comes out my mouth. It always does. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I can hide it all day long. And then all of a sudden, one day, it's going to come out. I'm going to be seen if I don't deal with it. 
Because I said something one time, I used to think it. I'm not going to say it because they might be listening. But I used to think, I'll be so glad when they get over her. <sighs> She's fake. She's so fake. I would, I'd say that in my mind. I said it all the time in my mind. And then one day, I didn't even, I wasn't thinking it. And somebody said something, and out of my mouth came, I'd be so glad when y'all over her. She is so fake. And then I was like, oh, that was real good, wasn't it? <laughs> Whatever's in your heart <laughs> is going to come out of your mouth. That's why he's so concerned about your character. That's why he wants to tweak us just a little bit. And I need to let him deal with what's going on in my heart. Because I don't want it to come out on you. Because I'm going to be judged harsher than you. <laughs> that scares me. That scares me a lot. So I have to deal with my stuff. Thank you, Jesus, that that blood made a way for me to do it. Did we read 11 and 12? 28. It says, Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. <laughs> we eagerly await him. I eagerly await him. Y'all know I found a scripture that says there's a crown for those who love his appearing. I am getting that crown. Woo! Those who were looking at the clouds going, come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Maranatha, the spirit and the bride, they cry, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Fix this thing, God, so that we can get out of here. Hey! I want his appearing, and I look for it every day. Every day. Thank you that you are coming to get us. Thessalonians is, tells us that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that there's, I'm going to get that crown because I can't wait for your appearing. I cannot wait till you part the sky. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And I'm making myself ready. I'm making myself ready. I'm going to let him deal with my heart issues. I'm going to lay on the altar and let him deal with all that stuff that's in me. All that stuff, y'all, we can't hold no bitterness. We can't be holding no unforgiveness. I can't be holding that stuff in my heart. I can't hold it in my heart because it offends him. He's like, come on, let me deal with that. All I got to do is deal with it. Just deal with it. And, I, and how I deal with it is say, God, I hate them. I hate them because they said that to me and they hurt me and they abused me. And I hate them for it, God. That hurt. They was wrong for what they did. They wrong for what they did. I don't like them for it, God. But I don't want that bitterness in me. I don't want that unforgiveness in me, God. I don't want that stuff in me. So please take that thing out of me, God. Take that thing out. See, people think that, un that forgiveness means I'm okay with what you did. And that is not what forgiveness means. Forgiveness means I choose to let it go. I'm just going to let it go. And I'm not going to harbor that thing anymore. It don't mean i got to go hang out with you and be your best friend. It's not what it means. But I have to let that thing go. And I have to cry out for your soul from my spirit. When I know, when I can, when I can allow my spirit to pray blessing over you, I've forgiven. But I must let him deal with the unforgiveness in my heart. I must let him deal with the bitterness and the resentment. And I know there's been a lot of things happen. I know I know there's been a lot of stuff. The devil don't play fair. And from conception, he's usually trying to tear your life apart. And he don't stop when you're born. 
He continues. He continues to tear you down because he is terrified that you're going to find out who you are in Christ Jesus. He's terrified that you're going to know who you are. He's terrified that you're going to get free of all bitterness and unforgiveness and God is going to use you in a mighty way in this last day. He said, Arise, shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen up on you. I got to get rid of this junk so I won't be separated from the glory. Because I don't want to be separated from the glory. I want the glory. I want to be clothed with the glory. I want to be clothed with it. And the blood of Jesus makes it possible for me to be clothed with the glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. He makes it possible for me to be clothed with the glory. With the glory, with the glory. It's the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus saves me. It's not my works. It's not anything like that. It's the blood of Jesus. And like I said last week, you, it don't matter that you decide to come to church and do right. It don't matter. You got to have the blood of Jesus. You got to be covered in the blood of Jesus. I have to come and I have to say, Father, I have sinned. Forgive me, God. I ask that the blood of Jesus cleanse me. Make me white as snow. Come in and live in my heart. Take all that junk out of my heart. Y'all know he ain't living in my heart when it's full of bitterness. Something has to go. And he's so much bigger than all of that. He's so much greater than all of that. And he'll push it out if you'll let him. If we will let him, he will get rid of all of it. All the rejection, he'll get rid of it. He will get rid of it, but I'm going to have to deal with it. All the abuse, he'll deal with it. I'm going to have to let him. I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to acknowledge it. I'm going to have to say, this is what happened. This is what happened, God. And I hated him when he did that. And I hated you. Where were you? Why weren't you there? Why didn't you protect me? Why didn't you watch over me? You said you'd never leave me or never forsake me. And you did. Because they wouldn't have done that if you'd have been there. See, it's all about how we perceive what happened. And I have to deal with all of that. And I have to let God heal me. But he will heal me. The blood of Jesus is for healing. The blood of Jesus is covers a multitude of sin so the blood of Jesus must be love it must be love because love covers a multitude and that's what the blood of Jesus washes it all away y'all know that Psalms 103 says as far as the east is from the west that's how far he removes my transgressions from me and we don't think that bitterness in my heart is a transgression because that's what someone else did. But bitterness in my heart is a transgression. And I have to let him deal with it. But once he does, it's like, oh my goodness. Life. Life comes. Life comes into me. And I'm lighter. I'm no longer carrying all those burdens. You know that unforgiveness is heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's very, very heavy. But if I can just let it go. Do y'all know that offense is heavy? It's real heavy. And people today, it's been unleashed in the world. We get offended because somebody looked at me and blinked one eye instead of both. I mean, it's like crazy at what's, what's really going on out there. I think that's one reason he said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves, especially in the last days. Because we got to come in together and we got to receive strength and we got to help each other get over some of this stuff. Because some of us, it's been years and years and years of abuse. I'm not talking about just church people or friends. I'm talking about some of it's spouses. Years of abuse. 
Sometimes it's children and parents. But he said in the last days, the spirit of Elijah was going to be released and he was going to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, the hearts of the mothers back to the children, the hearts of the children back to the parents. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for those days because of the blood. Because of the blood. We can stand now. We can stand before a holy God. And that is what he sees is the blood of Jesus. He sees the blood. That blood makes it possible for me to stand. That blood makes it possible for me to come into the presence of a holy God. A holy God. Holy, 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 who cannot look on sin. The blood of Jesus makes it possible. <laughs> the blood of Jesus actually sat me at the right hand of that holy God. The blood, the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah, the blood of Jesus makes atonement for me. Y'all know that atonement stands for at-one-ment. At-one-ment. It's the blood that makes us one with Him. And it's the blood that makes us one with each other. It's the blood of Jesus. That blood of Jesus justifies me just if I'd never sinned. <laughs> I've done some things, you know. I thank you for that blood. I've done some things yesterday. Thank you for the blood. But you know what? We're going to get to that place where it's not so common that I sin. I don't practice sin. I'm not living in sin. I'm not living in that place anymore. And it's because of the blood. It's not because I'm so fantastic it's because of the blood, and that blood washes me. That blood cleans me up. That blood fixes me. That blood makes me what I ought to be. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But we got to trust what he did. See, we got to trust the blood of Jesus. We got to trust him that his blood was enough. I told you sin was mentioned 447 times and the blood is mentioned 447 times there is enough blood to cover there is enough blood to cover anything that I've ever done or anything that anyone else has ever done thank you Jesus Romans 3 whoo, 23 says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God 24 being justified freely by his grace, through the redemption. That's what the atonement did. That's what the blood did. It redeemed me. Whom God set forth as the propitiation. That means he was the replacement. He was the substitute for that lamb. He was the lamb that was slain for us. He is the reason that I can stand today and say he's done such a work in me. He has saved me. He is setting me free. Hallelujah. And by faith, he has already set me free. And he's coming back for me. He's coming back for me. He's coming back for you. And when he comes, he's going to want to see the blood. That's what he's coming for, is those that are covered in the blood. Those that stand there. You know he don't see no red, he, I mean black, he don't see no white, he don't see no brown, he don't see no Chinese, he sees red. That's all he sees, is blood. Are you covered in the blood? That's what he's worried about, and that's what I'm worried about. Are you covered in the blood? Are you covered in the blood? There's enough blood for my children. There's enough blood. There's enough blood for our kids that have gone astray. There's enough blood for our spouses who are gone astray. There's enough blood. There's enough blood. There's enough blood. And we plead the blood of Jesus over them, God. We call for the blood of Jesus and we cover them with the blood of Jesus, God. We cover them with the blood. 
we cover them with the blood, God. And I say to you, whatever you have to do, whatever you have to do, whatever you have to do, bring them in. Bring them in by the blood of the Lamb. Bring them in by the blood of the Lamb, God. Whoo, whatever it takes. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And that's scary, but whatever. He was the substitute for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to read. I want to read. Let me see. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, God, you are so amazing, Lord. 1 Peter 3. No, 1 Peter 1. 18 says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with, with corruptible things like silver and gold. You came by your way in. Verse 19 says, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he paid the price for us. Blood atonement, and we are atoned. If you are born again, if you are saved, if you have asked him to come into your heart and save you and cleanse you, then you are atoned. And now we cry out for the nation of Israel. <laughs> for the nation of Israel because they have not. Most of them have not received Christ as the Messiah. And so now on the day of atonement, we come and we, God, you fix me, Lord. You fix anything and everything in me. I want my life right with you. But I cry out for the nation of Israel. I cry out, God, and I ask you that you would reveal yourself to them and that they, they would acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And we cry out for our nation. For our nation, for the nation of America who has sinned greatly, we have turned our back on the Creator God. We have turned our back on the one who sent his son to save us. We have turned our back on the one who poured his blood out on that cross for us. Forgive us, God. I repent for this nation for turning our back on you, God. We have sat back and we have allowed them to take prayer out of our schools. We even allowed them to take Jesus out of our church. We've sat back, God, and we've allowed them to shut churches down. We sit there, God, and we've allowed them to do it. The body of Christ, the bride of Christ is not who she's supposed to be. And we repent for that, God. And I thank you that there is a great awakening that's on its way, God. We are all waking up right now. And we are seeing what we have set back and allowed the enemy to do. And we are refusing to allow it any longer, God. The bride of Christ is waking up. She is rising up and she is taking her place. The body of Christ, who is the church, is standing up and saying, enough and no more. And we take our nation back. We take our families back. We take our kids back. I tell you, in the name of Jesus, Satan, you better loose your hold off of them. You loose your hold off our kids. In the name of Jesus, loose them. Loose them and let them go. You loose them and you let them go. They belong to us. God calls families. He calls families. He calls families. And my whole family will be with me. My whole family. Not one lost. And I don't care how you have to get them there, God. You just get them there. Just get them there. Because this is all temporary anyway. That's eternal. So if you have to drag them through hell, then drag them through hell, God. Just get them there. Just get them there. Hey, we do cry out for our families, God. We cry out for our families, Jesus. We cry out, God. We ask that the blood of Jesus be applied over our children, over our spouses, God. Over our moms and dads, God. 
over our nephews and nieces and our grandchildren, God. We plead the blood of Jesus over them. And we claim them for the kingdom of God. We claim them for the kingdom of God. And we ask you, Lord, to save them in any way that you have to, God. Do whatever you need to do, Lord, to bring them to you. To bring them to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 One last scripture. This is the last scripture. Thank you, Lord. First John 1. Verse 7, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That blood gives us fellowship one with another. It makes us one with each other, one with him. And that was his prayer He said he prayed this, not for the disciples that he was talking to, but for all those that were yet to come, the ones that were going to hear his word, that we be one, that we be one with him and one with the Father, and that we be one with each other. And so that, God, is what I pray, that you would do your work in our lives, God, and that we would become one with you, and we would become one with each other, because we are a body a body fitly joined together, a body of Christ. And I thank you for covering us with your blood. Thank you for it, God, for covering us with the blood of Jesus. Thank you for dealing with all those ugly things in our heart, God. Thank you for cleaning us up, God, for for showing us, Father, what's on the inside of us and that we make ourselves ready, God, because it's not going to be long and you are going to be coming after us, God. And I thank you. Thank you for the blood that cleanses me and makes me whole. Thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.